kind of like every once in a while to sort of go through the exercise of reflecting on all the teachers that I've had over the years and the ones that really stand out and frankly the ones whose names I really remember. Now, I'd say just as an asterisk there, grade school, I remember all of them. You know, it's the funny thing about the grade school teachers. It's almost like, you know, they're auxiliary parents who are helping you along the way. And I could run through the litany from kindergarten to eighth grade and tell you all sorts of stories about Mrs. Taylor in the third grade or Mrs. Tumanero in the eighth grade just because you're with them so much and they're there and they care about you and grade school teachers are fantastic and it's, it's an incredible vocation. I'm grateful for them. But once you move on and get into high school and you start getting to choose your classes, right, and then even more so in college, it's funny how they don't stand out as much. And to think about the ones that you can just sort of call to mind from the past, it's funny, at least for me, it's not the ones that were the easy class, right? It's not the ones that's like, oh, this should be fun and quite frankly a blow-off. Like at the time, as a student, it's like, yeah, this is what I'm going for. But looking back, it's amazing how it's the teachers who cared about you and really called something out of you even <laughs> at the cost of like a whole lot of discipline and a whole lot of you know just struggle. And I don't mean the ones who are sort of like mean for the sake of being mean. I can remember one of those, my driver's ed teacher in high school. I just think that guy was mad, you know? And it wasn't like, I just want to make sure that you're driving to heaven. No, he just failed me and that was the end of it. And I'm still just a little bit bitter all these years later. <laughs> But there's another teacher that still just very much stands out. It's one of my college professors. His name was Doc, is Dr. Avis Meyer. And he was great. I took him for a couple of courses because he was so good. And his grading philosophy was that if you do all of the assignments, you turn them in, you do what you're supposed to do, you're going to earn yourself a C because a C is right there. That's what you should be doing. That is the average. Now, to get a B, you got to go above and beyond. you got to prove that you've really mastered the material. And if I'm not mistaken, Dr. Meyer would maybe give out an A or two every once in a while, I think like a, a semester. And I mean, he really drove you to the top. And it was one of those things where you could tell that he cared about you, but I remember several of the, the papers I turned in, I mean, they bled green. Now, he used green to, you know, correct everything. I think because red is so just, you know, it's overwhelming. You know, you look at a paper that's just red all over the place. It looks, but green, it's, you know, you're growing. You know, and that's the way it works. And he was very, very tough. But I'll tell you, one of like my crowning achievements of college was getting a B plus in his copy editing class. And I worked my tail off to get there. And the funny thing is, to this day, we still keep in contact, not as much as I'd like. He called me out of the blue the other day and left a message. I called him back saying, you know, you gotta love a good journalist. His message is, you have reached the disembodied voice of Dr. Avis Meyer, which I love because he's so precise, right? But it's one of those things where it's the people who really care and who are like driving you on and want to pull it out of you. Not just, hey, you've got the shiny veneer, keep going. No, they, they want you to get to your best. And I bring him up because in looking at the gospel this Sunday, I think that kind of gives a little bit of a glimpse of what's going on. And just a mere glimpse, 
because, you know, all analogies break down. And this is an interesting time in the liturgical year because here we are. We're already on the fifth Sunday of Easter. I mean, a month ago today, if I'm not mistaken, April 2nd this year was Good Friday. We've already come that far, you know? And the first couple of Sundays of Easter, we get resurrection accounts, you know? So like the story of Thomas and Jesus telling him to come and put his hand aside. And the story of what happened after the road to Emmaus. But then after that, we start to get our Lord's reflections on who he is and what he means for us. I mean, remember last week, we had the fact that he is telling us that he is the good shepherd. Today, he's giving us deeper and deeper insights into who God is, who the Holy Trinity is. And I specifically say the Holy Trinity because look at the way this gospel begins. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. That he takes away every branch of me that does not bear fruit, and everyone that does, he prunes. And notice, the vine grower, the one who takes away branches, who prunes them, who makes them better, that's our Heavenly Father. And I think about that sort of like with Dr. Meyer. He cared, he pruned, he loved us enough to not just leave us where we are, right? He wanted us to succeed and to thrive. And when we're going to grow and become what we ought to be, those sort of things have to happen. And of course, agricultural examples always work well because it takes a lot of work to make a garden grow the way it ought. You know, as we see this time of year with all of the pollen everywhere, although thank God it's starting to calm down, right? But if you just let your garden grow and just don't do anything, it'll be a mess. You gotta do some work, you gotta do some pruning, you gotta direct it in the right way. The same is so true with us, and that's what our Heavenly Father does. But this is where he goes above and beyond, where God, obviously, goes above and beyond a very good teacher. I love Dr. Meyer. I'm grateful for his presence in my life. But he cannot do what God does. I know that's obvious, but I think it's worth stating. Because look at this. My father is the vine grower. I am the vine. When you think about that fact that God not only prunes us and directs us and wants us to be the disciples we're called to be, he also remains in us and we remain in him. If we as the branches remain in the vine, that he is intimately close with us. That in the process of the pruning that has to happen, that we all go through, that different things have to fall away with time, that if we're going to be his disciples, we have to deny ourselves, take up our crosses and follow him. It's not just a direction from the outside. He is intimately present to us. And there's a very powerful line in the second reading today. God is greater than our hearts and knows everything. When you think about that, that he's closer to us than we are to ourselves, that he is with us as we go about the process of growing, as we're pruned, as we become what we're called to be, which ultimately is saints. I mean, ultimately, as we know, what else is there? And in the process of that, there's a lot of unknowns. We don't know what's coming next. And as we've seen throughout this season, and quite frankly, throughout our lives, that God is a God of surprises. When you think back to a month ago today, Good Friday, he died on the cross. 
it doesn't seem like the way we would have written that. You know, if the Messiah is going to come, that he dies for us on the cross. It's not really the typical human way of going about things. But of course, that's not where it ends. He rises from the dead. But the first reading shows us that he continues to be a God of surprises. It's about Saul, who just a few chapters before is setting out to imprison all of the Christians. He is sort of like enemy number one of the church, wanting to pull it down. He was consenting to the martyrdom of St. Stephen. And yet that conversion happened. And we see today that the disciples don't even know what to think about him yet. They still think that he's out to get them. Is this real? And thank God for someone like St. Barnabas, the son of encouragement, as he was called, that he would bring Paul into that, that he would trust in the surprises of God, and Paul becomes the apostle to the Gentiles, the one who writes most of the New Testament, the one who's on fire with love for Christ. My friends, God continues to be a God of surprises. And the same sort of things happen in our lives. We don't know exactly what's coming next, but we do know who he is. We know that our Father is the vine grower. We know that the Son of God, Jesus Christ, is the vine, and that he wants us to remain in him as he remains in us, that we cannot allow ourselves to be separated from him. Because it's living in him that we find true and lasting joy. It's living in him that we ultimately bear fruit. We don't know exactly what that is going to look like. As we get to this time of year every year, I always reflect on what I think is the hardest part of being a priest, okay? I remember when I came here in 2014, and that's not the hardest part of being a priest, coming here, okay? It's not that. I love being here. But it's the changing parishes, right? It's not a job transfer. It's like it's your whole new family. You say goodbye to one family, you come to a new family, you gradually, you know, it's like you're a branch being attached to a different vine. It's not easy. And I didn't know what was coming next, what would lie before me. One of the biggest things that changed, when I got here in July of 2014, I had one niece. Now I have two nieces and seven nephews who provide me with all sorts of stories to tell you. Thanks be to God, right? I mean, all sorts of things have happened in the last seven years. Were they easy? No, they weren't. There's been a lot of pruning and changing and all of this, but the thing that has remained is the vine. And all of us could go through stories like that. All of us know that from day to day, things can change. There's new things on the horizon. But our God, who is a God of surprises, is greater than the human heart. Our God wants us to be more than just people who love in mere word and speech, but he wants us to love in deed and truth. He doesn't just sort of like stamp us with a shiny veneer of Christianity. He wants, to love, wants us to love him to the very core. And that takes pruning, that takes growth, but the beautiful thing for us is he's better at it than even the best of teachers. Because yes, he challenges us, yes, he helps us to be pruned and to grow, but it's not just externally, he abides with us. He remains with us in our hearts. And what we have to do is we're called to that next step and that next step, whatever may be next, is to remember that fact that he loves us not merely in word or speech, but in deed and in truth. And our Lord stays with us all the time. And even if you're in the midst of being pruned right now and there are difficulties and struggles and you don't know what's next, what you do know is that he is the vine who remains with us.
And ultimately what we're called to is he gives us himself at every single mass. It's to remember that fact that he remains and we're called to remain in him. Yesterday, just kind of in closing, I want to tell you, because I love this and it's one of the greatest perks of being a priest. It was First Communion Day. And it's so wonderful and beautiful and they're so good. And I always like to ask them and say, it's your what communion? Is Vivian over there? Vivian, what was it? It was your what communion yesterday? First, was it your last? No. And how often can you receive communion? Every day, right? God gives us himself every single day. Even on Good Friday when we don't have Mass, still makes the occasion for us to receive communion. He remains. That's the beautiful thing for us to remember, even in difficult times, even when we feel that pruning, even when the cold snap happens and it feels like the vine is going to wither up. Nevertheless, he's here. And just like those little guys receiving him for the first time yesterday, they can receive him now every day. And my friends, we have the same opportunity. What we're called to do is to trust in his love for us, to know that he remains with us. Now we need to remain in him. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.